In today's episode of the Amon Wire podcast, seeing people who are close to your age, who are, you know, practicing the religion at a higher level than yourself, is a very inspiring thing. But then I just started to realize that no, I can't actually do sports. I can't actually, you know, go with friends and be in thicket at the same time. And realizing that religion isn't a thing that takes away from what you do, but it actually adds to it. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Welcome to Imanwar Istanbul edition. I'm your host, Maqtasam Atiyah, and today we have a very, very special podcast. It's called Talking to Teens. And I have with me actually four teenagers, mashallah, who are so brave, decided to uh, come on this podcast to have a very open and honest. You guys all promise it's going to be honest? Yeah. Promise. You don't look like you're... you're, (laughs) It doesn't look like it's a true promise. An open and honest conversation about so many different topics that I want to talk to you about today. But before we even get into that, I'm going to ask you all just to introduce yourselves, your first names, and how old you are. My name is Selma, and I'm 17. I'm Fatima, I'm 16. I'm Abdullah, and I'm 19. I'm Yusuf, and I'm 15. Wow, so we've got like the whole spectrum here. So listen, um, you have to know, here on this podcast, I'm like representing all parents of the earth, and we're trying to figure out like what's going on with our teenagers because we don't understand you at all. So can you answer this question? What is wrong with you? You know, so many things. (laughs) Where do we start? So so you recognize that, Fatima? Oh, of course. Like, what's going on? I don't know. Like, we can't figure you guys out. Neither can we. Wait, so you're confused about yourself as well? Yeah. Yep, definitely. I think that's the whole thing. That's the whole problem. Yeah, that's what I think that's what being a teenager is, is just being confused about what you are. Yeah, but if you're confused and us as parents are confused. Everybody's just confused. Everyone's confused. It's a confusing period. Everything, you go through it together. You know what's interesting? In Arabic, uh, a teenager, do you know, actually you guys have been studying Arabic. What's the teenager in Murahik. Arabic? Murahiq, right? And it comes from a root word that means like, makes trouble, does like bad things, you know? So it's like in the root word that as a teenager, you're going to be doing this stuff. So you have any advice to all of those parents that are initially dealing with teens and don't know how to deal with them? Nope. Don't ask the teens. Oh, this is like a very teenager conversation. This is exactly our frustration point with you guys. (laughs) So we talk to you, we're trying to get somewhere and we can't. Abdullah. Mm -hmm. Like... I honestly have no solution whatsoever. Me at 19, I'm kind of towards the end of my teen years. Right. Um, I think if I did hope for anything, it would just to have that I did have more honest conversations with my parents and that they reached out a little bit more. Okay, so you feel like as parents, like we're not we're not willing to engage in open. Co- do you feel like we're just still telling you guys what to do, and you want to hear, like you want to exchange ideas? I think, honestly, just the easiest thing would just be like for my mom or my dad to just come to me and say, hey, let's sit down and talk. Because honestly, that, that would never make me mad. And I hope it wouldn't make any other teenager mad. I think that's actually something that we, we, would, we would like. Yusuf? Yeah, I agree. Like, I think parents think that teenagers come, they were eight or nine, they just, parents don't remember. I don't feel like they remember what it was like to be kids. And they don't remember what, they've never, they don't remember wanting their parents to ask them, are you guys okay? Or talking to them. But Hamza, I think with my parents, and I think they, they do talk to me a lot, though, so I haven't really had that problem. Now, you yet. guys know Yusuf is saying this because he knows his mom and dad are doing Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm about to listen to this. My parents are. I'm perfect. not saying anything My bad, parents are the best parents on earth. <laughs> they feed <you> me. <laughs> Honestly, though, 
like when your parents come to you, like sometimes it's overwhelming and it's hard to like explain things when we don't understand what we're going through ourselves. Right. So like they're like, oh, how are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know. Right. I don't even know how to explain it. I'm trying to figure it out myself. You're just trying to get through it. Yeah. Suddenly you feel the same way about this? Yeah, especially if they come from like an aggressive angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like most of the times it's from an aggressive yeah. angle. Is that just Definitely. me? No, sometimes they're like, oh, you're feeling like this. Stop feeling that way. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Well, especially that's a dad Feelings. conversation. Because for us as fathers, it's really simple. Like, you have a problem. Here's the solution. You feel this way. Stop feeling this way. I feel like it's kind of, for them, it's kind of like an interrogation. It's not a conversation. They just, they know there's something, they think there's something we're hiding. So they're trying to find out what that is. By not, I'm not gonna say any means necessary, but they're just gonna like. <laughs> what are you hiding? You said? Yeah, you said, <laughs> what are you hiding? We're not gonna put this on the internet, and uh, thousands of people are not going to listen to this. So you can tell us. Probably yeah, what are you? Yeah, just tell us what you're hiding. Thousands of people listen to the Man Wire. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm definitely gonna edit right. use it out of this conversation. <laughs> I think you guys. Said, is this a proper usage? I'm gonna ghost him. You know, when I was a teen- teenager, I was really confused and I was really bad. Like I was, you know, I just didn't know what was going on. So your, your first suggestion is that if a problem comes up, that mom or dad should actually have a conversation with you, not just kind of come in guns blazing. Or like first let us try to like figure it out ourselves. And then like if we can't do it, then like maybe like. But see, we're scared about doing that, Fatima, because like, you know, we're, as teens, you know, I think your brains are probably still growing. Yeah, <laughs> right? but if you don't let us figure it out ourselves, we won't learn anything. So how much space is a proper space that you feel? I mean, do you guys all feel that way? Like you go through something, like maybe you get into a fight with one of your peers and mom and dad are observing it. And you got to understand as a parent, when we see you hurting or see you confused, that's really painful for us. And so when we're coming in to talk to you or we're coming in to try to solve it, and sometimes we're trying to solve it the wrong way, it's not because we just want to like suppress you. It's because like, oh, that's my daughter. I love her. That's my son. Like, let me help them. You ever think of that? I feel that for me personally, it's easier. It makes the whole process of talking to my parents easier if I come to them first, not they come to me. If I go to mom, if mom and Baba come to me, automatically I know everybody's on edge. Like they're trying to figure out what's happening. But if I go to them, I can speak in a more relaxed manner. Like I don't feel like I'm hiding anything, and it puts a, it puts me at ease. Like for the rest of the but day. But let's be honest, Senma. Like you're going through an issue. Are you going to go to your parents for advice and help? No. No. Right? You're not. Or who are you going to go to? Probably nobody. <laughs> no. But okay, that's true. Actually, right. So you guys bottle things in. Fatima, what would you do? I don't know. So you may or you may not. You're confused, right? Abdullah? I probably wouldn't go to them first. Right. Maybe just talk to a friend. Right. And Yusuf? I would do what I just said I'd do. Like I would talk to, I would, if I have something, something went wrong, I, would, I think I'd talk to them first. So here are like all the three, you know, all the four different spectrums that we have. And so as parents, again, you got to understand where we're coming from all the time. And this is what's so, you know, challenging for us is we, we want what's better for you. And so I guess everyone sort of figures out their problem in a different way. You know where I used to go to? I used to go to the Imam of my Masjid, who by Allah's utter rahmah used to be Sheikh Mukhtar, Mughrawi. So, you know, I had the ultimate solution of all solutions to help, but not everyone has access to that. So you, some of you want to just be left alone. Yeah. And in that leaving you alone process, are you working out your feelings or are you like just bottling them somewhere? 
probably the second one. Bottom, bottom, yeah. right? Yeah. And for a parent, again, that's where we'd be like, you know what? We know what bottling things inside does. And so I think that's where we need to try to find somewhere to have a conversation. But it's interesting. I mean, in teenage years, are you looking up to your parents or are you like, my parents are crazy and they don't know anything? I think there's definitely phases. Okay. (laughs) You are going to be a diplomat. (laughs) Your dad's editing this video, so you got to be careful. I think there's definitely phases. I think you start off thinking your parents are amazing. And then once you start figuring more things out about the world, then you start going through like, oh, my parents are actually people and they actually make mistakes and they're not as perfect as I thought that they were. And then you go back to respecting them, but I think in a more healthier sense. So that that's usually starts around what? 13, 14? Yeah, I think the realizing, not the hating them or anything like that, but just realizing that they make mistakes and that they're not like perfect people kind of starts at like 14 and a half maybe. But it depends on the kid because like realizing that your parents aren't perfect, it's some, like for some kids it's like, oh man, they're not perfect. Like, what Brings the heck? your whole world I thought down they were perfect sometimes. the whole time. Yeah, because like for the whole childhood, like for, I know for my whole childhood, my parents are like, they can't, they can't do anything wrong. But as you, I feel like as you get older, you become more cognizant and aware of things that you weren't aware of when you were younger. Uh, Senma, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. But definitely, like, there's definitely a phase where you think they're crazy, but I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I moved past that. Yeah, you know, because for us as parents, you know, we're trying to figure it out as we go along too. Like, you know, it's the first time we're parents. We have these, like, I'll tell you what happened, right? When my son Muhammad was born, like, as a parent, as a dad, you know, it's my first child. I literally felt the weight of mountains come down on my shoulders. Like, for me, if I needed a solution, I had someone to go to. I had a baba and mama that took care of things. And then when we turned into the Baba and the Mama, the mom and the dad were like, oh my goodness, I'm not ready for this. How do I handle this? So that's where some of the challenges are. So would you agree that you guys feel like you need some space? I think the question is how much space, because if you give us too, spa- too much space, then we're not going to do very well. But if you don't give us enough space, then we're also not going to do very well. I think that's where the real question, the real challenge lies, is just how much space do you give us? This is like a lose-lose. Yeah. <laughs> teenagers, I don't, I don't find that teenagers do very well. Uh, teenagers don't do very well under pressure. But they're also, they don't do very well under pressure, but... If you give them too much space, which, like if I, if my parents were to give me too much space and just said, okay, here's a credit card, do whatever you want, whatever you think is right, I think like we would definitely. That's just asking for it. Yeah, like that's like that's giving us too because we don't know we can't trust ourselves yet. Like we're like little kids with knives. It's oh, <laughs> basically what it is. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So do you have a mentor? Let me ask you this question. Okay, let's, so you got the parents and you got this relationship that's give and take. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not. We're struggling. Do you have like an outside mentor, someone that in those years sort of helps you figure things out until you return to your parents? I have an older brother. Oh, okay. And he's always the first person I go to with like real problems. So that's the person I'll go to, yeah. Which helps tremendously. Helps, helps a lot, yeah. I'm doing that. I'd be a lot more lost without him. All right, and I know your older brother, and I love him a lot. He's a good human being. Fatima, Selma? Older friends that I can go to. How old are you yet? 17. And like, is an older friend like a 19-year-old? 20s. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fatima? What was the question? <laughs> I forgot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Are you guys chewing gum by any chance? Any no. no, Yusuf might be. 
I was eating chocolate, but that's finished now. Have <laughs> so? Yeah, here. So do you? They're actually eating chocolate while, while we're recording this podcast. Wait, do you want to say some What's that? I don't know what you're saying. So okay, so you 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 do all of you have someone that you can go to? Yeah. That's you. Abdullah says yes. Some cases, because you're actually you're all like a, a representation of different teens. So don't worry, your answers of yes or no, they're okay. Like, that's just the reality of the situation. There are a lot of people that don't have anyone to go to, right? So as a parent, should we try helping you find that mentor or we just sort of leave it to you? No, just leave it. Yeah, see that again to us is a problem. Because we're just scared, what if you get the wrong mentor? What if you get the person who is like not going to keep you in a place that's healthy for you? You see the challenges that we have as parents? Do you, under, do you understand where we're coming from? You hope. Okay, no. <laughs> Abdullah. Yeah, I can understand where you guys are coming from. Okay. Selma. <laughs> I don't know how to read that. Yusuf. Yeah, I think especially our, par- our parents brought us to Turkey to get us away. I think definitely my parents, they brought us to Turkey to get us away from a bad environment. So I think that shows that they, like, they do care and they are trying. Yeah, everyone's trying to do something. So let me, let me talk to you about a few different topics here because I did say we're going to try to cover a vast couple of issues. And one of them is, of course, you know, religion. So we just talked about you know, challenges with parents, trying to figure you out, you guys trying to figure us out. But how about also your relationship with your religion? I mean, when I was 14 or 13, I didn't care about praying. Uh, you know, I didn't care about the Quran. I didn't have this, like, intense connection with it. You know, where do you guys sort of find this space where religion starts to matter in your life? And I don't want to say just religion. I mean, like, your relationship with God and his messenger, Muhammad, like, where is that in your teenage years? Start with Abdullah. It's a very, very difficult question. Open, honest, open, and honest. Um, I can be honest and say that I did not really care about it much back, like, when I was, like, maybe 15, even 16 at the time, just, like, in the middle of, like, the height of high school, right? The only thing I really cared about was just, you know, friends and going out and having a good time. Um, I think it was when I was probably around 18, maybe 17, when I started caring about religion more and just my relationship with God and realizing that Jannah and Jahannam are both very real things and they have very real consequences and that no one else is going to really be able to help me in that besides myself. So what started the shift for you? I think just a real conversation with my mom I had around that time. And uh, yeah, just... Real, like it was probably one of the first real conversations she had about religion, not just saying, Abdullah, go pray, or not just saying, Abdullah, you need to do that good, you haven't done that good today, not any of that, but just really sitting down and being honest, saying, Hey, religion is a real thing, and at this point, I can't really help you anymore. She was a real conversation, not just saying, You need to do this, but at that point, she said, Hey, I can't help you with this anymore. That's very powerful, right? It's a very powerful thing. I'm not going to help you with this. This is your job now. If you do it, that's great. Akhirah's khayr for you. If not, it's not on me anymore. You are a mature human being, and this, this is your responsibility. So I think that's really where the change started. Right. Okay. okay. Uh, you don't have to answer this question, Senma. I mean, can we? Okay. Yusuf? No? We're going to go on. Go ahead, Senma. Senma. Um, and even if you're still struggling with it, it's okay. Like, you know, there are a lot of companions of the Prophet, I just imagine they're living with him, and they're still, some of them are struggling with this concept of faith. It's, it's normal. It's okay to talk about that. 
That's not my intro to you, Sam. I'm not saying that's Um Definitely before when I was in the U.S., especially since I was in Islamic school, all we hear is Jannah, Jahannam, Jannah, Jahannam, kind of just start going over your head. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I get it. And just start not meaning anything anymore. But I think definitely since I've been here, definitely started to try. Is that because you, like God became more of someone you have a relationship with? Like it's yeah. not just like an abstract figure that is either going to punish you if you eat Oreos or like <laughs> reward you if you do something good. I mean, it, was there sort of a shift in the psychology there? Yeah, definitely. Okay. And like how did that shift for you? I mean, re- regardless of living in the States, outside the States, you know, how did that shift start happening? Um, I don't think it happened in the first year, definitely not in the beginning. But towards the end, I don't know, just... Something changed, I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, I've known all of you for a while. And, uh, you know, I've seen you all sort of, you know, blossom into who you are now. And I noticed something. There was a shift. Like, there was something that just clicked one day, it seemed. Of course, it didn't happen in one day. But something, like, clicked, and all of a sudden, I saw you collectively, like, uh, going a more positive, you know, healthy, spiritual, and mental direction. And I was like, huh, I wonder what caused that shift. You know, Fatima? I don't know. Honestly, living in the States, it's really hard to be Muslim. Because mm-hmm. it's like, when you're in the States, you're like, oh, I have to pray. Like, it's a, it's like almost a burden. Mm-hmm. But when you live in, like, an Islamic country, it's like, oh, I hear that, then let me go pray. So in the States, it's, like, really difficult. Especially for me, when I started wearing hijab around, like, 13-ish. Mm-hmm. It was really hard. I was like, oh, man. Because it was my choice. Right. I was like, oh, I should start wearing it. So I started, and I was like, oh, man. This is really hard. So I was like trying to get away from it. So I'd do, I'd wear like hoods instead of hijab. I'd wear a beanie instead of a hijab. I'd still cover my hair, but it'd be, it'd be hard. Cause before I started wearing hijab, I'm like, oh, I'm Muslim. It's just like something about me. But when I started wearing hijab, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a part of my identity now. And everybody knows it. Right. I imagine, you know, you, so went, it was through, hard. Yeah, you went through some struggles there. But then like now Fatima, the Fatima I know now, who's, <laughs> who's, how old are you Fatima? 16. Is very different from that 13 year old Fatima. Oh, yeah. Right. So in that now transformation process, so did you just wake up one day and something was different inside? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's like a superpower. Like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, man, I got these dope powers. <laughs> Fatima was part of the X-Men. Of course. I was like, look at me. I got these powers. But I don't know. How about you, Yusuf? I think what really changed me, like how I think about Dean, was as we were talking about mentors. I think the especially from the first year, that first batch of shabab, those were great. Those helped me become closer to the dean because. So what Yusuf is saying here for our listeners who don't understand what he's saying, shabab is um, he had a group of like probably twenty to twenty-five year old young guys who were just a source of inspiration. Like they, like say we went and watched a movie. Like you in America, you go watch a movie and you go home and that's it. But then we'd we'd end it with uh, like a surah, or we'd go and we'd have, we'd have to pray Aisha. Fat. But if I was in America or I was in England, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done that. I'd just go home and that's it. It's the end of the night. But like they really like showed me you can tie having fun and also doing it in, like within the envelope, as Sheikh Muhtar says, 
and it and it doesn't diminish the like how fun how much fun you have right so you can you can build sort of you know your spiritual identity while at the same time doing teenager things right like do you feel you're at a crossroads where like religion and your own identity that you're crafting are just clashing yeah and what is that clash like what is it it's the should i wear a kufi or should i wear a jets hat it's the how am i gonna show myself to the world do i want to show them as show them like a teen who's just trying to be cool am i gonna like try, try to make an effort to show that i'm muslim because how how am i gonna personify myself now how about you, Selma? Do you feel like there's a clash between like who you want to be and what your what you think your religion wants you to be? I don't know. <laughs> Pause, oh, sorry, I'm going to cut you off. Please go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Selma. I insist. Pause, and Selma are good friends. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Which is another topic we want to get into about the clicks that you guys have. Go ahead, I don't want to cut you off. No, no, you no, no, Like, do you guys see that your religion is this box and you have to fit into this box? And there's no negotiables about what's inside this box? I feel like I want to fit into the box. Okay. Before, I don't think I wanted to. I wanted to be like every other American. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't know. But now, I don't know. Like, I want to be able to fit in the box like, and not want to be anything else. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. No, I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, it's, there are certain things that you want to identify with, right? And even in identifying with those certain things, it still allows you the ability to be very expansive as to who you are, right? Fatima, you're an artist, right? Kinda. No, no, you are an artist, mashallah. I've seen your work. It's absolutely, you know, stunning. But your religion hasn't taken away from your art, has it? No. Do you feel it's inspired it? Yeah, in a way. I feel like the hypothetical box that we're talking about, it can be as big or as small as we want it to be. Right. So if in our mind we make it really small and we have to fit into this tiny box, then in our head it's going to be like, oh man, this is really difficult. Like I can't do this or this and this. But if you make the box bigger, then you can fit more things inside and still have it like all in like the envelope of Islam. So I feel like that's what I'm trying to do now. So when I was younger, I was like, oh man, this box, it's really small. And if I want to be in this box, I can't go to the movies. I can't do this. I can't hang out with friends. I just need to pray and like wear hijab and do my thing. But now like the box is bigger. I'm like, oh, I can hang out with friends and do this and this and that. Right. Abdullah, how about you? I mean, Abdullah, I know you, you, you're you a kickboxer, mashallah, and you, you train people. I mean, do you feel again like there was this box, this jail confining you, and that jail is called religion? Yeah, at a point, I definitely did think that I had to do away with all kickboxing and sports and just wear thobes to be a, to be a good practicing Muslim. That was my idea. <laughs> my, yes. This is what I'm getting at. Like, there's these images, there's yeah. these symbols as to what being religious is. That's what my idea of a good, like, religious Muslim person my age, I would have to just be wearing thobes, going to the masjid all the time, always in thicket and praying. And, and prayer not, beads, like draped around your neck. Yes. One on his neck, two in his hand. Each one for every thicket that I do. <laughs> right. So when did that sort of shift start coming and saying, well, you know, I, no, it's not just like that. 
Um, I think the shift is a little bit more harder to explain because I don't know exactly when it started. Maybe just by seeing other Muslims mm -hmm. my age who are a little bit better than me, right? And I feel like that's a very important thing is just seeing people who are close to your age who are, you know, practicing the religion at a higher level than yourself. Mm -hmm. It was a very inspiring thing. But then I just started to realize that, no, I can't actually do sports. I can't actually, you know, go with friends and be in thicket at the same time and realizing that religion isn't a thing that takes away from what you do, but it actually adds to it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like the messenger of God, peace be upon him, he used to wrestle, right? Can you imagine that? Like you would never think like some people have an image and then imagine him like taking down the, the main wrestler of his time. I just sometimes like play that scene in my head. I'm like, oh my God. Or him like encouraging us as parents to teach our children how to swim. Like these are sports, these are, you know, athletic uh, uh, skills to be learned. So yeah, it's interesting. For me, you know, I went through that phase too where I thought I had to check these five boxes off. And if I wasn't checking these five boxes off, then I'm not the religious person. But I, I think when I started to um, have a more uh, personal relationship with Allah, and especially crafting one with the Prophet, I started to realize that um, no, I could still be that Mahathasim that liked comic books or that like this and like that, but it just sort of drew me to a higher ideal. Yusuf, what do you have for us? I think being in the later stages of being a teenager, especially a Muslim teenager, it's kind of like finding the like the crossroads when between dunya and akhirah. Like, are you gonna how how much can you indulge in the dunya while still like mixing it with Islam, like how, what do you, like what can I do? I still want to have fun, but I'm still trying to be as Muslim as I can, to do as much like zikr and ibadah as I can. So what's the perfect like midpoint? Where, where do I meet and how do I meet in the middle? Right. So that's, that's a struggle everyone's going to be, you know, trying to deal with, you know, throughout their whole life. So let me ask you guys something about culture, right? So, you know, um, Western culture and some of the movies that we watch, right, and some of the shows. I assume you all have Netflix accounts? Mm -hmm. Or is it like Netflix, like, so yesterday, you're going to tell me? You're like, uncle, that's so yesterday. <laughs> or, oh, what is it? Disney Plus? Okay. <laughs> I see it. What's Disney Plus? I don't know. Idea. Okay. Well, it's better Netflix. It's a better, <laughs> it's a better Netflix. And sometimes, you know, they're pushing, you know, in some of these, you know, hip and nicely done shows, some concepts consistently that are really problematic, you know, uh, immoral, uh, unethical. Like, how do you guys, you know, is that a source of inspiration for you guys? Or does that stuff like stick in your head and like, you know, you, you want to sometimes be like that or experience that? Like, how, what do you do with this stuff? Anyone can take it. Go ahead, Yusuf. You look like you have something you want to say. No, he doesn't want his parents to know what Netflix is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm still stuck. You said hip earlier. I was still thinking about You know, I've dealt with a lot of teens who have got all these ideas in their head. And when I'm trying to unpack, like, where's all this stuff? I just, for me, when I have a conversation with any teen, you know, whether it's a counseling or whatever, just getting to know each other, I try to see, like, where's all this stuff coming from? And I find out that a lot of it is coming from shows that we watch. It's true. A lot of exposure to mainstream media does just change the way that we think. Right. And that's just something that you guys have to handle. And sometimes you know that you know there's a crossroads where some of the stuff that's being promoted is just really problematic. Mm -hmm. Right? 
And so, you know, you're going to have to find a way to sort of, you know, balance that. So, um, you know, do you feel that there's there's a culture clash for you? Like, you know, like my religion and the culture I want to practice don't don't work out in my American culture. You're all by and large Americans. Except for Yusuf, you grew up in the UK, though you're American. He doesn't have an accent. He doesn't count. He used to have an accent. You had an accent? Yeah, he had an accent. First year he came here. He should have seen the first time I was like, He did, really. It was like so. He had British accent. How can you mean British accent? That's how I English. It wasn't a true British accent. So let's let's go on to another topic I want to talk to you guys about, and that's you know your your clicks and your friendships. Like, so I'm hearing like you have clicks, but then within the clicks, they're like. It's weird. Clicks? Yeah. yeah, it's strange. And is there like within the clicks of the clicks, there's another click? Yeah. I sometimes. Don't sometimes. It's weird. And how does that work out for you guys? Like, I feel like that's a little bit more of a female teenager. Okay. So oh, thought, oh, thank oh, you, Abdullah. <laughs> not to burn anyone. I'm just saying. Abdullah said that, not me. I didn't say that. <laughs> so how do you guys deal with that? Like, what is going on here? Like one day you're best friends, the next day you don't like each other, or like how you know. Just roll with it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you just gotta go with the flow. Most teenagers think that all day. Just go with the flow. So, like you know, your friends that you have and the people that you hang out with, like uh, you know, does that define who you are to you? Is it a big deal to be cool and liked? Be honest. At nineteen, probably not as much. Yusuf, let me hear it from you. I don't feel like um, there's clicks and then there's click there, but it's not like I don't like this person. That's why I don't want to hang out with him. It's more I like this person more. Oh no, that's not <laughs> what I was gonna say. No, it's I don't feel like it's. It, sometimes there is like I don't like this person, but I think most of the time it's just I like this person because it's easy for me to talk to him, and that that's how the clicks within the clicks form because everybody is friendly with each other. It's very rare that's like you're not friendly with somebody. Everybody is super friendly, super nice to everybody. But then there are the, there are the people that you just like more than the rest. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I mean, I think even at 19, you still have times when you want to be cool, right? right? You still have times where you just you want to be liked by people, and you don't want to be like someone who doesn't have any friends. I, I find that that just come and goes. It comes and goes now. Not like when I was 16, where that was everything, right? Right. But now, yeah, there's still times where I catch myself thinking, oh, if I did that, then this specific person would probably be a closer friend to me. Gotcha. Right. Even if it's at risk, you know, like putting my dean at risk, right? That still comes and goes. I don't think that really goes away until like a little bit later. But yeah, the, the, you do definitely do feel those things, those feelings. Osman, uh, Salman, anything you want to share on that? I mean, there's times where I'm just like, I don't really need friends. I'm just going to do my work and try to... Same. Feel the same way. Yeah. But, but the friends that you have, I mean, is it something that in your teenage years is defining who you are? Do you feel like the definition of who I am in this world is based on who likes me? No. 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 Yes. No. You said? No. I'll tell you for me in teenagers, yeah, it did. You know, it was a big deal for me. I think I'm with Abdullah on that. And, you know, you know, so how do we get through that? I guess just with time, right? What are you doing? He's fixing his avocado socks. He has nice socks. Abdullah does have nice socks. <laughs> I'm coming to realize that speaking to teens, talking to teens, is going to it, it, it starts to plateau. <laughs> no, because like we're talking about serious things, and then we just need like a break. Oh, okay. Plus, we're wearing cactus, cactus socks. My too. socks are legit, and you know it. They're not legit. 
So tell me, before we, we wrap up for today's conversation, what do you want to share? Like if you could talk to your parents very openly and you could talk to the world, what do you want the world to know? You're giving your parents advice. You're giving all parents, not your parents, you're giving parents of the world advice to have teens. What would you tell them? I would probably say start with the words, is it, are you okay, rather than what did you do? That's a good one. Okay. Sedma? I don't know. Fair enough. Fatima? I'm chilling. Fair enough. You said? Like what Fatima said. Can I call it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fixing his grammar. Good correction. Well, alhamdulillah, thank you all for uh, partaking in this uh, conversation. I think, you know, I think it would be beneficial if we probably had more conversations in the future. You know, talk about different topics that we can try to get to and just uh, really figure out uh, how to find a, a middle ground way where you guys learn something, we learn something as parents. And I want to thank uh, all of our listeners for the Iman Wire podcast, Istanbul edition. Please uh, like us, share us on SoundCloud, listen to us on iTunes. Follow us on social media. Follow us on social media. Share this with your friends. And I think if you guys are up for it, we'll have a more regular conversation, inshallah, together about various topics. And uh, we go from there. Yusuf, Abdullah, Fatima. Yep. Senma, mm-hmm. thank you so much. May Allah make these teenage years easy for you mm-hmm. and easy for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>